1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Real Wealth, Real Health. Our guest today is Courtney Muller. Courtney is a sophisticated investor who grew up around the oil and gas business and has seen firsthand how the cyclical nature of that sector ...can create unique challenges and opportunities for investors. So when Courtney decided to diversify, she started with real estate and eventually got into blockchain and cryptocurrency. In our episode, Courtney shares her insights into new technologies and processes that are shaping the future of oil and gas, including the intersection with Bitcoin mining, green energy, and carbon capture technology and investments. She offers important insights to anyone looking to diversify their portfolio into a variety of alternative investments, and she places an emphasis on the importance of finding trustworthy people as a key to any investor's strategy. In addition to her work in oil and gas and real estate investment, Courtney is a general partner with Empire Investment Group where they are building a digital assets platform for the tokenization of alternative investments, including real estate. And Empire also offers a Bitcoin mining fund. You will learn key insights, including the cyclical nature of oil and gas, how Bitcoin mining impacts the environment, the intersection of Bitcoin with oil and gas, the value of carbon capture, and so many important insights for investors who are looking out at the current landscape and thinking, I need to diversify. How can I diversify? And what is the best way of finding reputable and trustworthy investment partners?
2: All right, Courtney, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: so excited to be here. I am too. We were having a great pre-chat and I had to yes. stop it all so that <laughs> we could have the the, the media's discussion here on, on the podcast. I've really been looking forward to, to having you on. You're such an inspiration to me as an investor, as a woman, you're pioneering, you're into way more things that I am. When people tell me I'm into a bunch of things, I'm like, hold on, hold the phone. You haven't met Courtney. <laughs> so, so anyways, yeah, I would love to start, you know, I really want to spend this time on the podcast, really hearing about your story and how you think about investing. And so, you know, could you just give us a sense of, of like where you got started in investing and, and then we'll just take that evolution from there in our conversation.
2: Yeah. So gosh, you know, I'm from West Texas. I grew up in the oil patch. My dad was a petroleum engineer and, you know, my whole life growing up, we were, dr- he was drilling oil over in Abu Dhabi. So we've lived in the United Arab Emirates. He spent probably 25 years in Indonesia and then lots of different drilling pretty much for the most part throughout the Permian Basin in West Texas. So, that's pretty much what my entire family, you know, has been and we're all from Texas and West Texas and we've that's just what we've always done and been involved in some aspect of oil and gas and drilling my whole life. And so, you know, that's kind of been the path that I've been on and you know, my dad's always told me, you "Don't ever sell oil interests, you know, you hang on to those forever. These oil fields produce for years and years and years." And gosh, you know, once I became an adult I actually joined the Navy. And so I went into the Navy and I was an aviation electronics technician there. And I really enjoyed it. But, you know, I spent all of 2003 in the Persian Gulf and, you know, with Operation Iraqi Freedom. And I really enjoyed that. But, you know, being away from my kids all the time was really difficult. And so that brought me back. And that is when I decided to really kind of branch into real estate. So, you know, I got my license. I was doing some marketing and things for another agent. And, From there, I actually ended up opening my own brokerage and we did a lot of, you know, single family homes and that sort of thing. And I knew that I really wanted to branch out into real estate and some other, you know, asset classes, but I wasn't really sure what that looked like and how, how I wanted to get involved and where that was going to go. So, you know, here a couple of years ago, I decided to sell some of the oil interests that I have and really kind of diversify into other assets. And that is what kind of led me into the crypto space. And Really, down about 800 different crypto rabbit holes, which, you know, once you kind of go in, yeah, you know, I call Bitcoin the, the gateway crypto because it kind of brings you in. And then once you kind of really get totally. in and take, take a look at blockchain <laughs> and all of the different ways that it's affecting everything that we do, I got really excited about that. And you know, that in turn has led me down, you know, this summer I was invited to an investment conference and I got to sit on a panel with Robert Kiyosaki and George Gammon and some really incredible, amazing people, you know, and that has in turn led to, you know, multifamily and storage and, you know, loans. And, you know, now we're working on a digital asset platform and tokenizing real estate and mining funds and just, you know, everything I'm doing everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's so much fun it's it's incredible and i think probably my favorite thing about it is all of the different networking and all of the incredible people that i have met through all of these spaces along the way i mean that led me to you and i was so attracted to you when we met i started listening to your podcasts and and i just love how you've been involved in so much and the things, you know, your values and the things that you stand for. So I'm, I'm really excited to get to know you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my, I mean, inspiration.
1: Aww. no, I really appreciate that. Like it's, it's sometimes I think about, you know, when we have a lot of things going on, because it sounds like, you know, like similar, like, I really like to sort of be where the future is because I, I think there's so much going on and especially in the crypto blockchain, like DeFi space, it's important to also understand that even in the context of being an investor, who's like most of my portfolio is in real estate. I still fundamentally believe in that very, very much, but there's so much going on and I've gone through like this whole learning cycle about economics because I didn't pay attention in school
2: oh me, you know and I I was listening to George Gammon talk about inflation and sometimes I have to replay his videos a couple Mm -hmm. of times just so that I can really wrap my head around you know what he is saying and how that is affecting all of these different markets and really everything that we do so it's yeah. complicated and I, I, when I was younger I had no interest in macroeconomics yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 but at an inve- but as an investor at this at this level like we have to like everything affects everything else i mean we're talking today on the day that you know the november cpi data came out and you know inflation's up to 6.8 stated and (laughs) you know so so again i've had to go through such a learning curve actually through you know real estate and and also crypto and learning about bitcoin actually taught me way more about macroeconomics than really like really anything else and all these things all these things go together. But, but anyway, what, what I wanted to kind of dig into first is, you know, we were, we were talking earlier and I'd love to talk a little bit about the cyclicality of oiling and because you've, you've been in it and we get hear like a little bit more about that and just like talking through the cyclicality, because to go from like a negative, you know, negative value for what oil was worth, you know, about a year and a half ago to today, you know, talk about cyclical. So I would just love, actually hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting to see that happen. And when that happened a year and a half ago, I thought, wow, you know, and that's really because the oil futures and you know, they pre-sell, you know, the oil that they drill and all of those contracts came in. And I didn't even know that it was possible for it to even go negative. And so, but gosh, I can remember living through the, the all the booms and the bust, you know, the back in the 80s, you know, we've actually saw things really decline here several years ago. And so being, you know, somebody that just kind of grew up in that West Texas oil and gas industry, you know, you can always tell when oil's doing good, everybody's got these great trucks and there's people everywhere. And then when the price of oil goes down, everything's empty and all the people disappear and everybody's back to driving their clunkers. It's so funny to watch how that happens. <laughs> and so, and I I love the oil and gas industry. You know, we lived in Abu Dhabi, we've drilled oil all over the world with my dad being a petroleum engineer. And it's been such a really neat way to kind of go out and experience different cultures. And I think probably one of the most interesting things about the oil that we drill in West Texas is that people don't realize that we drill a sweet crude and it's very expensive to refine. And so the majority of our West Texas crude that we drill actually gets shipped to China. So yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, my majority of all of my holdings have always been in oil and gas, which is why here several years ago, I thought, okay, I've really got to, you know, distribute and kind of get into other assets because when oil and gas is doing great, it's really great. But when it's not, you really feel it. And so, which is what led me to real estate and crypto and all of these other assets. I do think that we're going to see it probably double in price as we move along and you know as these pipelines are being closed and you know now they're talking about closing down the pipeline that goes into Canada if that happens that's going to really have a big effect on the oil prices that we see today so I'm just kind of sitting back kind of watching seeing what's going to happen but it's it's a great industry you know we we need it it's involved in everything that we do from you know vehicles that power our food and products that we have and I think a lot of people don't realize that it's really ingrained in so much more than just the gas we put in our car. So it's, it's a really important industry.
0: So quick question, when we talk about alternatives, you know, for us, real estate is at the front of that line, right? And I think for, for most investors, that's probably the case, but you know, there's a very you know wide variety of of whether it's oil and gas, whether it's solar, whether it's cryptocurrency, what have you, and so within the oil and gas space, if I'm someone who you know wants to be invested, how do how do I do that if I don't come from a, a West Texas oil family?
2: Yeah, you know it's it's really gosh, you know real estate is what the number one you know the biggest asset class that we have, and I think one of the biggest issues with investing Thing is there's such a big barrier to entry in pretty much just about anything. I mean, you know, a lot of the real estate investments, it's, you know, $50,000, $100,000. And for, you know, middle Americans, some of, you know, people that don't have $100,000 to throw into there, it can be a little bit challenging. But, you know, Adepi and I were just talking a couple of days ago, I was at the New Orleans Investment Conference, and I met some amazing people with Royal Energy that are, you know, drilling some oil in West Texas and actually In different places. I think in California, I haven't gone through their entire portfolio and what they're doing, but like Royal, you can invest with as little as 25,000. So that's not quite as limiting as some of the other places, but there's a lot of different oil companies that you can go in and you can invest, you know, 25, 50, a million dollars, you know, whatever, whatever you want. So that's definitely a possibility.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the challenging things too, is that You know, it depends on where you want to get involved, right? Anyone can buy, you know, futures on the the stock exchange or they can find a way to get some amount of exposure. But I think like the real interesting thing is, you know, getting involved from day one, right? When all you have is a reserve report and you've got some land and you want to go out and start drilling. And, And that's just a really challenging thing to do without the relationships already in place.
2: No, and you have to be really careful. And that's really risky too, because you can invest a lot of money. I mean, it costs millions of dollars to drill a well and you can hit a dry hole and lose everything that you put into it. So you've really got to be sure that you are with people that you trust and that are informed and know what they're doing, because you can go out and lose everything that you have put in. I mean, that can happen in anything that you invest in. But, you know, one of the deals with Royal that I actually just invested in, it was four wells, they'd already drilled the first one. They already hit oil on the first one. So to me, that was kind of almost a guaranteed like, okay, you know, they've already hit oil on the first well. So even if the next three don't produce anything, the first one did. So that was reassuring to me and going, okay, you know, this is great. And plus, you know, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of the places in West Texas and, you know, Colorado city and, you know, the Permian basins, one of the biggest oil fields, you know, besides North Dakota and the Bakken and some of these, you know, Alaska. So it's, it's, I was pretty confident in what they were doing.
1: Yeah. So, you know, what I've really noticed uh, lately with obviously supply chain and the price of, of oil going up, et cetera, is that even though there's been a lot of this move toward more, let's call it sustainable, you, you know, solar, wind, et cetera, green energy, that's what I was looking for. We weren't actually set up globally to be able to shift so much of our energy usage over there quickly, Mm -hmm. you know, quickly enough. And I, I, I wonder to myself, like how long it's going to take for that shift to happen? Will it ever be a 100% shift or is there always going to be a bit of both? Because as you said, we don't only use petroleum to, um, to move cars or ships, or there's so many other uses. There's so many other uses for it.
2: Well, you know, without getting into any kind of really political conversation, I guess, you know, a a lot of the, what I guess you would consider green energy is actually not as green, I think, as people think that it is, you know, when they are mining for, you know, battery, lithium and and everything else. And, you know, really here last year in Texas, we saw a huge problem when a big part of our solar or our wind turbines froze during the freeze that we had and we went without power. And I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where everything is running on green energy. I just, I, I'm not going to say it won't happen because anything is possible. You know, we've got such brilliant people in this world that are constantly creating and doing amazing things. I just think that it's much further away than, you know, the next five or 10 years or anything like that. So, but even, you know, gosh, when they have to you know, throw away these wind turbines and some of this other stuff, it's, you know, the landfills and it's there, there's no easy way to break those materials down. But, you know, I did read something the other day that California, I think is going to only electric vehicles by 2030. I think they're not going to allow any more gas powered vehicles in the state or something. Did you, have you read that? Wow. No.
1: No, I have not read that. I don't know how that's going to get enforced. That's that would be really challenging to enforce. It's pretty restrictive out here already with with a lot of things. I have to go look that up. No, I mean, I know that there's targets, right? Like GM said that they want to all of their vehicles are going to be electric. But yeah, I mean, there's there's always this nuance, right? Like regarding regarding vehicles, like I, i I really, I really wanted to drive a fully electric vehicle. I really thought that it would be a Tesla. And then I got in it and I just couldn't do it. And I felt really bad because I thought this, like, maybe I could buy a Tesla and then I'll feel better about myself. It would be your contributions. It's, you know, I try to reduce my carbon footprint and I really do. And then there's reality. And then there's also, you know, it's not so binary. Like what you said, it's not so binary. It's not that, that electric vehicles are better than, um, than gas powered vehicles for different, different reasons. Like there's a lot more research that has to go into it, but along these lines, I would love to talk about what I think is just like the most interesting play on oil and gas mining as in Bitcoin mining Mm -hmm. and what you're doing in that space, because, you know, also in Bitcoin, there's a big, like ESG sort of, uh, Bitcoin is bad because it uses so much electricity. And then when you actually look at the statistics, it
2: does not at scale, well, if you it does look not. At it, the majority of Bitcoin is actually mined with renewable resources. You Thank know, you. it's being mined with hydropower. We're actually in the process of acquiring a hydro dam in the Northern United States so that we can power a data center there. And so, right. and really in the oil and gas space, you're seeing a lot of the, Oil companies. I, I think every single oil well eventually will be running miners where they were flaring off natural gas, and so and and they flare it off for a lot of different reasons. Usually, it's because it's too expensive to pipe it out from where they have it, or there's a lot of different reasons that they flare it off, or maybe it's just not worth the expense compared to the price of natural gas at the time. So we're already seeing a lot of these companies emerge that are creating these containers, you know, that look like the shipping containers that are, they hold about 250 miners. So these companies are creating these miners and tanks, you know, taking them out to these oil wells and then using the flared off gas to power the miners, which to me, I think that's brilliant right
1: i do too i love mm-hmm. that because that's like what else you like it's flared off right so just so that i'm understanding this and maybe for for others the f- the flare is basically they're burning and therefore yes. th- putting you know burnt fossil fuels if you will into the environment and so instead they're basically parking a container like mm-hmm. a shipping container of miners and capturing that yeah flare. they're taking that
2: natural gas instead of burning it off they're using it to power generators that are now in turn powering the containers that yeah. have the miners in them so and yeah. we're seeing those pop up all over the place now I did talk to you I have a friend of mine that owns an oil and gas company and so we went to dinner the other night and you know I was trying to talk him into buying Bitcoin you know last thanksgiving and he was like oh, I don't know we'll see and you know we went to dinner a few months ago and I said okay now we got to talk about running miners at your wells and he said yeah we're already starting to <laughs> with that. And so I, I followed up with them last week and said, okay, where, where are you at with this? And he said, well, you know, the price of natural gas has gotten so high. We're, we're actually selling the gas right now. So, oh. so, but I really, I know a lot of, you know, Exxon and Chevron and XTO and a lot of these bigger companies are already starting to run miners and things like that. And I think we will start seeing mining rigs out at all of these different oil rigs. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think it's more interesting, and especially as you know, Bitcoin becomes more mainstream and and it's more adopted, we're just going to see more and more data centers pop up. You know, we've brought in all of the miners from China when you know China banned Bitcoin for the eight hundred thousandth time in ten years. So we actually have a lot of the miners that are being hosted here in Texas. So we're seeing a lot of mining facilities pop up and that sort of thing. And actually, we're working on our own data center up north as well in an opportunity zone. So it will have amazing tax benefits for being in that area. Yeah. So the renewable resources is cool, you know, El Salvador's just, you know, adopted Bitcoin and they are actually powering miners with volcano power, which That's I think right. is incredible. The geothermal. Cool.
1: Yeah, yes. I know it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really there's so much innovation. To me, it's really like the the innovation around yes. it all. And you know, we had, you know, we we've talked about Bitcoin a, a few episodes ago, but this whole idea of why miners, not just Bitcoin, but like but like why the renewable resources and why the flares is because in order to make the greatest profit on the mining, on the coins is that you want your cost of electricity to be as low as possible or just, yeah, whatever, whatever you're powering it. So it's forcing, it's, it's forcing innovation that then is having all of these knock-on effects. Like I'm, I get really excited when I think about what will come next, like along those lines and what kind of opportunities that it's, you know, that it's creating
2: sure absolutely and and really we're seeing kind of a shortage i mean everybody is creating data centers and creating, you know, mining rigs to go out to oil rigs and all of these different things. So right now it's really difficult to even get your hands on equipment. So, and, Mm -hmm. and you've got to order everything from China. So you've got to make sure that, you know, you've got a a reputable source and, you know, you're not wasting your money and then, and electricity is expensive. So I, I, just, I think it's really cool to see all of these different ways that people are coming up with, you know, solar energy and, volcano ener- energy and hydropower and everything else but yeah most most bitcoin is mined with renewable resources and if you really want to take a look i mean let's i saw a chart the other day that talked about how much electricity the banking industry uses and it yeah. is significantly higher than anything bitcoins ever thought about doing so i think we sometimes yeah. forget you know to kind of take a look at what we already have in place and where we're actually using that energy already mm-hmm. so
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you are also doing something called a carbon capture. I would love to hear about that because I know that a lot of our listeners, our investors are high income earners. Yeah. And they pay a lot of tax. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about this and then how it all fits into what we were just uh, talking about.
2: Yeah. So the carbon capture has been such a cool space to get involved with and be a part of. So essentially What we're doing is we have this equipment that we attach at a natural gas well, and it is generally, you know, gas is drilled and then it's sent off to a refinery to be cleaned and then sent from there, you know, it's sold from there. Well, this carbon capture it actually is able to remove the carbon from the site, right? Where, you know, the gas is being drilled and the byproduct of removing the natural gas from, I'm sorry, the carbon from the natural gas actually creates a fracking fluid, which we are selling to the oil companies. And the oil companies are getting carbon credits because instead of using water to frack their material or frack their oil, they're using this fluid and they're injecting carbon back into the ground. So It's a really great process, you know. It's 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 great for the industry, and on top of that, the way that we have set up that investment is, you know, if you put in a hundred thousand dollars, you're getting two hundred thousand dollars in bonus depreciation, and then the returns on it are fantastic. And we cannot even get enough of these this equipment built in time. You know, we're partnered with Exxon and Chevron right now, and. Right now, I think we've got 70 units deployed and we're hoping to have another 500 within the next year and a half. So it's it's really exciting. And, you know, the gas from there doesn't have to go to the refineries anymore. It's like 96% or more cleaned and it's able to be shipped out and sold directly from the well. And the equipment, you know, if we're not producing enough natural gas at that site, we can move it to other, other natural gas wells. So it's very exciting
1: yeah yeah dan did you have any any questions i have lots of
0: questions Um, (laughs) go for it (laughs) none that i'm uh, i feel confident you know articulating necessarily you know this the the challenge with all this stuff like it 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 really takes a level of like education and understanding you know before you kind of get into it and you could find the opportunity right and i think that's one of the challenges with a lot of investment types right you hear these stories about, you know, different cryptocurrencies taking off or, you know, the hundred IRR real estate deal. And you think I need to put my, you know, money in that, but what you don't realize is that's a, you know, a career's worth of education and research sure. and what have to get to that, that point. And so, you know, I guess the question I would ask for you is, you know, someone who wants to get involved in this space, someone who says, you know, I have 25% of my portfolio and alternatives and most of that's real estate, but, I want to branch out here and here and here. Like, what's step one?
2: You know, I never in a million years thought two years ago that I would be involved in carbon capture and Bitcoin mining and all of these different things. And that has all just naturally happened because I go to a lot of these investment conferences. And I meet all of these incredible people that are doing all of these amazing things. And I've just gone out and networked and met people and, you know, had have been fortunate enough to get involved. And so, you know, the the real estate guys, their investment conference is one of my favorites because it's, even though they're the real estate guys, it's not just real estate. You know, their investment conference that they had in Belize this summer, we had, you know, people with from Precious Metals, there, we had people with storage, multifamily. You know, I went and spoke about crypto. We've just got so many different asset classes that are that are represented at that seminar that it was just a really great way for me to network and meet people. And that's kind of what has led me down this other path and into some of these other industries, just because I, I met a lot of these people through these different conferences.
0: And I think one of the the challenges for most people, especially those who are giving their capital to a financial advisor, for example, is that sure. most financial advisors are not in this space, right? They're, they're right. not even really looking at real estate outside of the like very large funds or, you know, or what sure. have you. And so, you know, the individual person has to, you know, really, it almost becomes a full-time job. And I imagine for you, it, you know, it is a full-time job to go out and think about how do I invest in different precious metals, what's happening in the market. I remember as a lawyer, I was working on gold deal financings in like 2012, 2013, when at that yeah. point, I think gold was at like $1,800 an ounce, right? And everyone wanted to mine and you know fund it with 12% debt, right? And so the whole space and everything like we talked about before is very cyclical. It changes quickly. Uh, and so the challenge for someone whose you know, profession is not investing is to figure out Who can I trust? Like, how do I get there? And how do I invest in something that at least to some degree I can understand?
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's such a great question. And and being able to be involved with people that you trust, and to make sure that they're not going to just take your money and run. And you know, when you're taking money that you've, you know, hard earned, and you know, spent your life working on to earn, it's it's kind of scary to think that you can turn around, put it in something and then lose everything. You know, the oil and gas space is a great place to go, but it's very risky. And so the carbon capture, I really, really like because the returns are really great, but there's actually the the risk For me, I think is much lower because we do have so many companies that we're partnered with, and if one well is not producing the gas we need, we just pick up our equipment and move it to a well that is. So that has been a pretty great thing. You know, like I said, the when you talk about gold mining, you know, I went to the New Orleans investment conference here a couple of months ago, and I figured out real quick that I don't know anything about precious metal mining. I mean, nothing. And so we. I went to some different lunches and some different speeches on that. And it was like I was listening to a foreign language. So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a big proponent of investing in, you know, precious metals. I'm, you know, always buying gold, buy silver. You know, I think it's a great way to you know, hedge against inflation and, you know, to have real assets. And actually, one of the things that I learned this summer is that you can actually borrow against your precious metals up to, I think it's 80 or 85% of your holdings. So you can, you know, just utilize it and leverage against it, just like you can real estate or Bitcoin or any other assets, which is a great way to invest in that gold or silver, you know, or platinum or whatever metal you have, leverage that and then turn around and put it into real estate or something else. So I have fortunately met, you know, through some of these investment seminars, you know, some people that are you know, really big names in real estate. And I know I met them through people that I trust. And so I knew when I was getting involved with them, some of my really good friends, if they didn't believe in what they were doing, they wouldn't put their name on them. So I think really, you know, networking and, you know, meeting people and, you know, going with people that you trust. I mean, some of these people, I never would have done anything with them several months ago, but because I know people that I trust really believe in them and are investing in those deals, I've I've hopped on some of them too. And it's been, it's been really good. And I'm still really learning, you know, I'm, I'm really wanting to kind of break into the multifamily space and storage. And so I'm learning, you know, I've started passively investing in those deals and now I'm kind of networking and kind of working on building a team that has that experience so that I can kind of really go in and, you know, start acquiring my own properties. So we'll, we'll see where we are here in another year or two. We've got lots of work to do. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're really speaking to something that is like a, is like a huge value for, for us at, at alpha, which is the due diligence and it's the relationships and it's like who, like who we work with, like, like our sponsors, like the, these, these are the people, the companies, the entities that are responsible for the, like the whole project from acquisition to, to management to, to disposition. And so we spend months like at least six months getting to know a sponsor really well before making an investment with them. And and then once you spend that kind of time, like really having that relationship in place and then being able with all of that front loaded work in a way to to then have a recurring capital relationship. And that's something that we've done and that just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point even for, for investors who... I mean, there's thousands of people doing real estate. And so, you know, I really appreciate that the approach that you're taking is, I think an approach that a lot of people take is they start passively. And then if they're really into it and they want to do the work (laughs) because it's so much work to actively manage. And then it sounds like then you would be raising capital. And so it just, it turns into like a giant, like a whole giant business. So yeah, I really
2: want to End you on. I was listening to Robert Kiyosaki this morning and he was talking with Grant Cardone and he was just saying, you know, the capital raise is the easy part. But, you know, as when I came in as a new syndicator, that part scared me to death. Like, how am I going to go out, you know, and, and ask for money from people? You know, how do you, yeah. how do you even do that? But really there's, there's so much money out there. That really is the easy part. The, the managing the property and knowing how to do that is what is the, is really the hard part. And, you you know, I think the scariest thing for me is, is being a good steward of other people's money. And so, you know, I, I do so much due diligence in that, because it's one thing to take my money and to put it into something. But, you know, if I'm going to take other people's money, I need to make sure that I'm confident in what I'm doing and whatever project that we're working on. And so I think That is where you know I love meeting people and finding really good, genuine, authentic people that really care about what they're doing. And I think that's, you know, when you go out and find your tribe. And I have, you know, kind of just injected myself into this amazing tribe of people that I have found that just they really want to help educate people and help people learn and help people grow. And I think, you know, that's probably one of the most important things you can do is go out and find a great tribe of investors and people that you trust. So yeah, I yeah, I I love it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you. It's a, and it's great. There's a lot of people out there doing wonderful work and they yeah. do It's funny, use the word steward. That's how I think about what we do as well. Like we're stewards of our investors capital, but yeah. To, so I just wanted to just to wrap up. And I was thinking about this this morning. I realized I hadn't asked any of our like, you know, official crypto guests from the crypto <laughs> series. This. I used to ask this question all the time and I would love to hear your answer. So the, the question really
2: is like, how do you define wealth? okay. You know, that goes into so many things and so many things that I'm actually working on and trying to figure out, you know, about myself and what does wealth mean? And what does that mean to me? And what does that look like for my family? And so, you know, I'm really, you know, kind of pondering, you know, what are my goals for next year? And, you know, just all of these things It encompasses to me, it encompasses so much more than just money. And to me, wealth, wealth is freedom, you know, the freedom to have the time that you want to spend with your family and the people that you care about and being able to comfortably live and do those things without having to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. So to me, true wealth is, is having that freedom to spend the time with the people that you love and being able to live comfortably without having to worry and be dependent upon somebody else for your paycheck. So that I love that.
1: So simple. That's how I feel too. It's that freedom and independence. So reson, so so resonant for me. I, it's beautiful. I feel, I feel the same way. And I, I hope that on a going forward basis with a lot of the innovation and a lot of what's kind of coming to the world that, that more people can have that and not just like big amounts of money, but like that real, like freedom and independence. That's really like my kind of hope and wish for more like humanity, if you will, it's big, but that's really what I hope for.
2: Well, I tell you, you know, we're working on this digital platform that, you know, we've talked a little bit about it and we're tokenizing real estate, but not just that, but other assets, and the biggest goal and mission for this company and this platform that we're working on is to really pull all of you know as much money as we can out of Wall Street and put it back on Main Street, and really empower people to be able to go in and invest and and not have these you know these hundred thousand dollar minimums and everything else. So you know, and we we're wanting people to be able to tokenize real estate and gold and oil and gas and really pretty much any asset. And hopefully over time, we're hoping people will be able to tokenize their own homes where they can come in and pull equity out and invest in different assets and not have these barriers that we have seen for so long. So I really want to change the world girl Uh, (laughs) Project at a time.
1: I'm with you. There's no reason
2: that we can't all be successful. There's no reason anybody on this earth should be hungry or anything else. And we're trying to do everything that we can to change that and to change the way that people invest and the way that people make money. So I'm I'm excited about the next 10 years, 20 years and, and beyond.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm so glad that you're doing this and that I'm doing this and that we're doing this and that hopefully that, you know, just to be an agent of change in that way to like be moving the needle, even in small ways. I always think like, even one conversation that we might have with somebody that, you know, gives them access. It's all about access. No, it takes um,
2: all of us and it takes all of us communicating and collaborating and, you know, spitballing ideas and, you know, something that you say sparks an idea mm-hmm. in me. And, you know, I take it off over here and, you know, throw it to my group. And it's just amazing what you can do and what you can get done and come up with when you get a group of people that are just sparking change and, and throwing ideas around. So it's. It's exciting. Yeah. People are amazing.
1: <laughs> I love that statement. This is true. It's good to have an optimistic view. And thank you for that, because it could be so easy, you know, you flip your phone open and you're reading the news or you're on like, you know, Twitter or whatever. And you might think the world's falling apart. Everyone's awful. And in reality, that's really not true. Well,
2: I think that there are some awful people out there, but I think as a whole, for the most part, people are good and people want to do good and people want to help each other and people want to see people succeed and be great. And I think that is where the majority of people lie in that, that bubble bubble in that realm. And you can't get caught up in the the negative. And we are definitely seeing a lot of negative things out there. But you know what, we will live through it, we will thrive, we will get past this and we will move on and things will be better. And I absolutely believe that. I know it.
1: I love that. Well, I have, that is such the perfect statement to, to, to finish this, this podcast has been so much fun to have you on and learn a little bit more about you and really wish you all the best with all these projects, which, you know, we're in touch regularly. So I'll be, I'll be keeping up with, so thank you again so much for, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here with you. Thanks for tuning in to Real Wealth, Real Health. We hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and found it both informative and insightful. We welcome all your questions and your feedback about today's episode. And especially, we welcome your questions about specific topics that you would like us to cover. So shoot us an email at podcast at alpha-i.com. And if you have a moment, we really appreciate ratings and reviews as it helps us grow our online community and our interactions with you. And we'll also be linking to a number of relevant articles on topics that we might have touched on during our conversations. Some of them are broad, some of them are technical, but we're always aiming to provide information that helps you better understand the mechanics of building this healthy financial foundation, especially if you're looking to do this with real estate.